Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Need training? Visit the Vendor Process Training Center to enroll in your choice of weekly live and on-demand training sessions. Plus, get access to vendor setup form templates and reference tools that will help you and your team avoid fraud, fines, and bad vendor data. So sign up for a free account to get access to free training sessions, vendor process, FAQs, and a resource library with information you need to manage your vendor master file. Visit training.deborahrrichardson.com today. The link will be in the show notes. I was two years into an AP senior manager position over global vendor setup and maintenance when I realized that another group had access to one of my vendor record screens in the vendor master file. Just one. What? (laughs) Why? Then we fixed it. Keep listening. Welcome to episode 273, three vendor data risks you can uncover with a security role access audit. Now, I don't really know if that is the technical term for for a uh, audit where you're looking at what roles or what access roles different roles have, um, and then also who has who is assigned to those roles, um, thereby identifying what team members have access to what. But I do know that when you do the audit, you have to look at uh, the roles themselves. And then you also have to look at uh, who has access to those roles. And so uh, this episode will not be on how to do a security role access audit. It is something that you can do at the vendor team level. Uh, You may or you will need IT for some of it, but most of the work you will be reviewing. And so I will put a link to a um, webinar that I'm having on January 31st, where I'm going through the five-step process for that audit. Now, if you are not available on that day, because I already know that is the day that 1099 NECs and some or most 1099s MISC, uh, 1099 MISC are due that day. And so if you are not able to make it, then uh, sign up anyway, and you will receive a link to the recording where you can also download the handouts. It is just a half an hour. And so um, it's not too bad, but I will get through all of those five steps. But today I'm going to talk about the risks that you have, not just the one I talked about um, that I found, but other risks as well. Uh, If you 
do not do a security role access audit or the way I phrased it, that you can uncover with a security road access audit. All right. So unbeknownst to me, when I started a position, um, and this is the position that I had where I had a team of 17 and we were processing over 2000 vendor requests per month, 140,000 vendors across uh, seven different ERPs. And we did a security role access audit, and we found out that the purchasing team had access to the contact screen on the vendor record. And initially, you might think, well, what's so wrong with that? Because I know the reason that they were uh, using it or reason they had access, it was before my time. You know, I inherited that, but again, I didn't know. Um, but the reason that they had it was because that was the screen that when it was updated or that needed to be updated in order for the automated purchase orders to be sent. And so if those purchase orders were sent to a email address, that email address had to be populated. Uh, if they were sent via fax, then the fax number needed to be populated and updated. And I guess uh, at the time, Either they agreed to or just didn't want to wait um, for the vendor team, you know, submit the request to the vendor team and then the vendor team would update it. So the purchasing team, not only did they have or were they given access, but we didn't. The reason we did not know that they had access is because it was attached to or added to their purchasing security role. And who would think purchasing uh, the security role would have access, right, to one screen on the vendor record? And so when I say, right, do that security role access audit, that's why you look at the role, because the role can have access to screen or screens or uh, different areas of the accounting system or ERP that you wouldn't necessarily think that it would have access to. So you think purchasing role, they'd have access to the purchasing module, but you never know what they actually have access to. Now, this one happened to be in PeopleSoft. Um, we also had uh, SAP and in SAP, we looked at the objects uh, and I don't know if that's the, we had ECC6 and so I don't, uh, I don't know if um, S4 HANA uh, or maybe your version of ECC6 or a different version of ECC has that type of uh, configuration, but I'm figuring it probably, I'm thinking it probably does, but you may have something that is uh, separate from the role that can give the role additional access. And as in our version of SAP was objects. So in any event, um, we found that out and we uh, started uh, really looking at doing a deep dive into the roles, a deep dive who had access and something else I didn't mention. I don't know if I'll, I will have time to put it into the webinar because it's only going to be 30 minutes. But we also uh, identified when we onboarded an employee what they actually needed to have access to. And so we either revised a role or we created a role because you have accounts payable, 
you have a vendor team, you have the payments team, and then you have like purchasing. And so we looked at all of those roles and we identified exactly what they needed to have access to. And by the way, um, we weren't, you know, the vendor team and the vendor role wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't without its faults. Also, I don't remember what we had access to as part of the vendor team, but it was something that uh, the vendor role, the way that we had it uh, separated as far as separation or segregation of duties, we didn't need access to something that, um, I don't even think half of the folks or we even knew we had access to it. So we get, we cleaned that stuff up too. And so that's part of what you can do for the security role access audit. I'll probably mention it next week. So make sure you sign up for that webinar. If you're interested, I will put a link to it in the show notes. Um, so that happened with us. And so I wanted to just share three things uh, that three risks that you can uncover uh, with that security role access audit. Um, so the first one is access to change data that you use for validations. And that is specifically the one that I just talked about with the purchasing team because that contact uh, screen on the vendor master record or vendor master file, vendor master record, that screen is what we use to uh, record or store contact information for validating, uh, for making that confirmation call. And so if someone else has access to it and this was PeopleSoft and if anyone you know, right knows PeopleSoft or similar uh, ERPs, accounting system or ERPs, you can have multiple contacts. But if other people can change the contact, uh, that is not good because if you had an internal froster, let's say in uh, the purchasing group, they could change who you uh, contact uh, for a confirmation. So if they know they submitted a request for a change and they know that we reach out to uh, the requesters or to the vendors, their contacts to confirm that request, they can just change that to whomever, right? And get that fraudulent request approved. And so you don't want to uh, have anyone have access to change that. And so that is why we took away purchasing's access to the that's that contact screen on the vendor record and from then on out they had to just submit a request through the vendor team in order to make that change all right so that's one um, the second thing is access uh, to be social engineered into giving fraudster sensitive information and so what I mean by this is let's say you have someone um, uh, let's just say the accounts payable team member that posts invoices and technically you should have that function separate from the team member that, uh, processes your vendor ads and changes. But even if that team member in accounts payable only has view access uh, to that to that information, full view access, it could pose a risk. And so if you have, um, if an accounts payable person, let's say they are answering, you know, an email or maybe a vendor called and they wanted to know what 
um, bank account number their um, uh, their payments are going to, right? The full bank account number. And they could also ask for the um, routing number of the bank as well. And as, as you know, if they give that existing information, then if you're you know using that existing information in order to authenticate vendors when they want to change that, that uh, their banking, then they've already got it because they've gotten it out of someone else uh, outside of the vendor team. And so uh, you don't want them to be able to be social engineered or pretexted into giving fraudsters that sensitive information. And so a a great uh, option to that, and I know I've talked about it before, is to just mask that information. So uh, mask it so they only get the last, you know, four or five. Uh, I actually recommend the last, um, uh, actually for them, it could be four or five, or maybe your uh, team, your security team has a different way of masking. I've seen them all kinds of ways where they reveal certain numbers, not necessarily at the end, but some in the middle. And so however that's done, it needs to be able to be masked. And I would argue that they don't need access to the um, uh, routing number at all, because uh, that's a great way to to get uh, pretexted, not just in in uh, AP, but also in payroll too. But in any event, um, just have it masked so that they can't reveal that that information. And that's really good too um, for people like, I don't know, I always call her Helpful Sally, right? So fraudsters will sometimes target those folks that aren't in the department um, and but have access to that information that they want. And they know that they're going to be super helpful and give out uh, and, and really be prone to be social engineered and give that information out. So it's best that you um, review it as part of that audit who needs full access to see or access to see the full numbers or who just needs access to a truncated number or a mass number, however you do that. And if you think about it this way, uh, and it could be with the banking too, um, especially if you have a system like PeopleSoft, because not only do you have to select the right uh, vendor to post the invoice to, but if you have a vendor that has multiple payment locations, you have to find uh, posted to the right payment location as well. And that may be the reason why they have access to view the banking so that they can verify they've got the right uh, payment location. However, they can still do that with the last, with that truncated number, with that mass number. They don't need to see the full numbers to do that. And by the way, that's the same thing with the tax ID. They don't need to see the full tax ID just to post the invoice to make sure that they are posting it to the right vendor. So that's another thing. Um, Second one, right? Um, Just as important as the first one. You don't want people that um, have the potential to be social engineer, to give out sensitive, have access to give out sensitive information. All right. So the third one is um, one that I don't talk about a lot, but I should talk about more. Uh, recently, I don't know. I don't think I posted it anywhere. I may have. I, I think it was on LinkedIn, but I was uh, recently uh, 
uh, awarded or designated, whatever you want to call it, the Certified Fraud Examiner um, Certification. And this was or is by the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners, which is the largest anti-fraud educational organization out there. And they really do focus a lot on internal fraud. They do external fraud too, uh, but more so on internal fraud. And they actually do a report. I thought it was every year, but it's every two years, a report to the nation. The last one was in 2022. Um, I know I've talked about that before because they taught, they have uh, infographics with, you know, behavioral red flags of internal fraudsters and uh, lots of other uh, graphics that are useful. So talking about um, this subject and the data risk is, you know, access for that internal froster that will enable them to change remittance uh, information to divert vendor payments. And so if you have someone that has access to edit vendor records, that, uh, that person, that role needs to be the role that absolutely has to have that access because they do add and change vendor records. Because if they have access to it, then that also means that they have access to change uh, remittance information and divert vendor payments. And one of the ways or one of the things that you might want to look at, and it's one of the reasons why I don't necessarily advocate for it or recommend it, is let's say you have uh, a vendor bank change or a remittance change and you do the confirmation call. Uh, I get a lot of questions about um, should that be separate from the vendor team member that's processing the request? Should it be separate from the vendor team altogether and have someone else do it as, you know, a a way of uh, control, segregation of duties, making sure that, you know, the vendor team member is not just making that change. Uh, But I I do um, really recommend against that because now you have to give someone else outside of your department um, access to view. And there are some folks that will have that person also updated uh, as well. And now you have someone that has edit access that's outside of the vendor team that's only going to be using it for for bank changes. And so that is typically not their only job. And it's something that that they only do when they need to do it. Uh, And, um, but they have full-time access to go in there and make changes to any vendor record. So I usually don't recommend that. Uh, But, uh, and even if you don't have it, there may be team members out there that have access uh, to edit vendor information that you're not aware of. So just like in the other two uh, examples or data vendor data risk, uh, they have access to change data uh, on uh, to change contact information that you use for validations. They have access to uh, sensitive information that can be revealed to frosters if they're social engineered. So can an internal person, fraudster that has access to change vendor banking, they can use that for internal fraud, to perpetrate internal fraud or occupational fraud. Uh, 
Uh, But all three of those, you can identify with that security role access audit, determine if they really need it. I say no. Um, But, you know, each organization has to make that change. And by the way, if you can't make that change, I would try to put some other internal controls in place to uh, make sure that it doesn't turn into fraud. Uh, But that's those are three of the things that can be revealed um, with that security role access audit. And I'm sure that there are more, maybe more that you're thinking about now. But if you are thinking about it and you're like, what the heck's a security role access audit? Doesn't, you know, IT need to do that? No, they don't need to do that. I do um, recommend that it be done in the within the vendor team and that you do like we did and identify exactly what roles uh, are needed based on position and give that information to IT so that they can make the applicable updates. And, you know, you're also going to find things like people that still have access that, you know, have moved on to other companies. So it'll be a lot of cleanup as well. So again, I am going to put the link to that webinar in the show notes. And if you can't make it on January 31st, and it is th- uh, 30 minutes from 1 to 1.30 Eastern time, uh, still register. And the very next day, you'll get a link to the recording and also to download the handouts. And you can just watch the recording uh, whenever it's convenient for you. All right. So that is all that I have for today. Um, I hope that got you to thinking because I will tell you when I found out about the um, purchasing team having access and I don't even know um, how I found out. I think it was from the audit, but I don't remember what triggered the audit. I don't think that was it, Um, but that was very eye opening. All right. So thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 273rd episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Stay happy.